Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On today's episode, Leah Hextall stops by to take a look back at the first half of the Jet season and preview the second half. And the teams that are in the playoffs right now, are they going to be the playoff teams? Plus, the winners of the Manitoba Junior Curling Championships, JT Ryan and Mackenzie Zacharias, stop by. That's on the podcast. We're going to bring in Leah Hextall now for her normal Monday chat. Leah, you spent the weekend calling CWHL games for Sportsnet. How'd it go? Well, you know, the fact that I had to get a little bit of rest off uh, in the first game, but it went really well, and the ladies put on a terrific show as we had two really high-caliber games, and now we'll get set to do the All-Star game from Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, where the home of the Maple Leafs, uh, in two weeks' time. So looking forward to that. And to work with uh, a legend like Cassie Campbell-Pascal is pretty cool too, isn't it? It absolutely is. I mean, this is a woman who's going to go on the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I truly believe that she could be the first person to go in perhaps in all three categories. I think she can go in as a player. She's a multiple, multiple Olympian. She led Team Canada as their captain. You also look at her in the broadcast realm, the first woman to do color in Hockey Night in Canada and truly within North America. And then you add on what she's doing if you follow her at all on her Twitter or Instagram, she is building the women's game in a way that no one else is doing it. And that's with Scotiabank hockey as they hold camps for young girls all the time to get them in the sports. She's heavily involved on boards for multiple organizations in women's hockey. So you could see her, I truly believe go in as a player broadcaster and builder. And I think she should get that hat trick. And I think she should be heading to the hall. So while you were, yeah, no, I don't think it's hard to poke any holes in that theory. But uh, while you were off doing that, the Jets were beating Dallas five one for their forty first game of the season. They've hit their literal halfway point of the season. One of the last teams to actually do it because of their Finland trip. But now that we're here, this is the natural point where we kind of look back at the first half, prepare for the second half. They're in first place in the Central. Should they be happy with where they are right now? I think they definitely can be happy with where they are right now. You're talking about a central division that isn't exactly the central division of the past. We see some teams like Chicago, not quite the heavyweights that they were, but that's the ebbs and flows of the NHL and the game. But you're sitting first in your division. You're one of the top teams within the National Hockey League. You've proven that you can beat other top teams in the NHL. So really, they've done it all. And when you look at their lineup right now, Christian, I think what really impressed me about the Dallas game was the fact that they're missing two of their very big stars. Dustin Bufflin is the type of player that teams have to game plan around because he's such a game changer every time he's on the ice. Then you add in the injury to Nick Ehlers. Nick Ehlers has world-class speed. He's one of your top-line players. So to remove two huge pieces of the puzzle, you had a Dallas team that was coming in here hot. They had won four of their last five. And they're no slouch no matter what their CEO may think. They've got a good hockey club. And they come out and they win and they dominate. The, these injuries, we saw it last year, right around this time, Mark Scheifele got hurt and Blake Wheeler upped mm-hmm. his game to the next level. Now we have Dustin Bufflin, Nikolai Ehlers going down for about a month each at least. This is an opportunity for other guys to step up and you know, bring their level up and show something we haven't seen before. 
It is. And that's why they say injury creates opportunity. I always say it. Cliches are cliches for a reason. But this is a really great chance for some players to make their mark. And when you look at a player like Ehlers going down, so Connor pops up to play with the big boys. We've seen that before. We know that that they have chemistry and that that's going to work. But this is a really big opportunity for Jack Roslovic. It's a chance to show what he can do with Little and Line. So Roslovic moves up. That creates a whole center on the fourth line. So Cobb has to leave his job on the third line and perhaps play on that fourth line. So, you know, when these injuries happen, you see movement trickle throughout the lineup. And it doesn't just happen up front, Christian. It also happens on the back end. And I'm talking about when there's a forward injury, because usually what happens there, too, is that the back end will tighten up defensively and the entire team will tighten up defensively. So I believe from what I was hearing from that clip from Paul Maurice, he talks about everybody going. And again, that's what the Jets' strength is, is that one night when one group perhaps isn't on the score sheet, it doesn't mean that they're not doing the little things that can make this team a championship club. So we are at the halfway point right now. Let's is it normally at this point where you can kind of separate the contenders from the pretenders? Cause you've got Washington, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Boston Islanders and Buffalo as the eight teams in the playoffs right now in the East Winnipeg, Nashville, Colorado, Calgary, Vegas, San Jose, Dallas, and Anaheim are the eight in the West. Can we reasonably assume those will be the 16 that are playing into the playoffs? No, 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 not going to happen. No, okay. uh, I, I really don't think so. And I, I love when you pose this question to me because I'd actually like to get your answer on this too. But for me, I look at the East and I said it before when Buffalo was on their 10 game win streak, mm-hmm. really nice, great story. I see that they're in that final wild card spot right now, but I truly don't believe that they have the horses to remain there. I think Buffalo will be the team in the East that you definitely won't see make the playoffs. They can prove me wrong and they might, but I just look at the way that Montreal has been playing lately. And I, I really think that Montreal might be able to find their way in even a team like Carolina. I'm a little disappointed in Florida this year. I thought that they would have a better season than what they're having, but you saw Roberto Luongo be injured for quite a bit at the beginning of the year. So who knows if they turn it around a little bit, but I think Buffalo will slip out. And then in the West, I'm not sold on Colorado. I've talked before about just before Christmas that they were my surprise team of this season in the West, but I don't think that one line is going to be able to perhaps keep them in it. I, I really see in the next couple of months as we get into the grind that I don't know if that line that has Landeskog and McKinnon on it, which has been so prolific when it comes to scoring this year, I, I think that we might see them slow down. So I don't know if they'll make it and I'm not sold on the Ducks but I do think your sleeper into the playoffs could be Vancouver. I know that Pedersen is injured right now, but he's only supposed to be out for a couple of weeks. He has been such a joy to watch first and foremost, but he's really changed that club around. And now you have some goaltending that's going on in Jacob Markstrom and he's playing so well. Thatcher Demko's, Thatcher Demko is being finally called up to where he wanted to be as the official backup after the trade that Vancouver made. And he was a star in college with Boston College. And he's really been, you know, kind of becoming that goaltender that they expected him to be down in Utica. So now he's going to get his chance. So I think a sleeper could be Vancouver popping into the playoff picture. And if they did that, and if Montreal did that, we could be looking at five of seven teams, five of seven Canadian teams making the postseason. So you want my answer. Um, I do, yes. I look at Anaheim and a minus 23 goal differential that really pops off the page. And you look at that wild card situation in the West and the difference between the top teams that are in the divisions and the teams that are fighting for the wild card is pretty big in terms of quality of teams. The point difference isn't much, but 
You look at Anaheim and who else is, you have to pick one of Vancouver, Minnesota, Edmonton, and even Arizona and Chicago aren't really that far back right now. If I were to pick one team, I'd think it'd be Minnesota. I think they're solid enough defensively. We saw that team come in here a couple weekends ago and they look like a veteran team that if they can just get some goals, can probably do enough to slide into that second wildcard spot. They've got five games in hand right now on the Vancouver Canucks, who they're pretty much even with. And you look at the East, those other teams, Carolina, Florida, they're already sliding pretty far back. Carolina's seven back. And I know it's January 7th and a lot can happen between now and the end of March into early April, but I'm higher on Buffalo than you are. I think they have the chance to go on a run. I think the Islanders are kind of surprising. They lose John Tavares, but they're, they're hot right now. I think they're peaking right now too early and they'll come back down. I think you're right. Montreal, if Carey Price can just stay healthy, they're in there for sure. And then, you pick one of either Islanders, Buffalo, Carolina makes the playoffs, and I don't think Tampa Bay is scared of any of those three. But no, uh, either way, the, the I think the cream at the top is very much, very much rising away from the wild card teams. I think that's a great point by you, and I actually looked at Minnesota as well because I feel like Minnesota is a playoff team. But it's interesting, Christian, because I've heard this from a few people within the league that they don't like the group in for the Wild that they're slow that they don't Mm. think that they have the ability to do it and that there's something going on there that it's just people, they say they don't know what it is. I've heard a few assistant coaches tell me just don't like their group. Just don't, just don't like what they're putting together there. They should be better than what they are and they can't seem to get it together. So I don't know. I think that's why I thought maybe Vancouver might have a little bit more steam and maybe a little bit playing with not the pressure too, because I think Minnesota has that pressure that they do need to make the playoffs. Right. So it's interesting to me, but Minnesota, I agree with you. And and I didn't actually look at the games right now and I should have with Vancouver. I I missed that there. So that's a good point by you that Minnesota has five games in hand because that does make a difference, but We'll wait and see. But it's interesting, too, because Minnesota does have a guy like Hendricks in the room. And I tell you, that is one piece of the puzzle that the Jets say that they are missing, is that that character guy who's been there, done that, they would have loved to have been able to keep Maddie, but they just couldn't do it with all of the issues that were going on. And for Hendricks to be able to go back home and play, that was pretty special. But that would be another piece of the puzzle that maybe you see them bringing in the trade deadline is one of those kind of character guys for depth that can really help in the room uh, throughout a long playoff stretch. But we'll have to wait and see, but it's getting closer than you think it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's be here before we know it. It's a fun time to be an NHL fan. Lee Axt, I'll talk to you on Friday. <laughs> Sounds good. Earlier today, the winners of the Manitoba Junior Curling Championship were decided. Mackenzie Zacharias, the winner of the women's, and JT Ryan with a big win on the men's side, his third straight title. And JT Ryan now joins us on the CGOB Sports Show. JT, congratulations. Was the third time any different feeling than the first two? Uh, no, they, uh, they all felt pretty good. I wouldn't be able to really tell any of them apart. So a 10-1 win this afternoon against Jordan McDonald. Take me through that match. Um, the score really didn't reflect how the game went. Those guys played pretty good. We caught a couple breaks and took advantage of the opportunities when we had them and we're fortunate to come out by a margin, a margin that much. So you get three in the second end, you, you steal one in the fifth and then that was the four in the sixth to end it kind of just, uh, you know, they, they needed to go for broke and that was the result. They were going for broke, and yeah, they didn't have a lot of easy shots at end, but we still did a good job making all of ours and putting the pressure on them and uh, forcing them to do a really tough one. 
So to learn that you're the first curler to skip your team to three straight junior titles in the over 70-year history of the tournament, what does that mean to you? I mean, it's pretty cool, but uh, it's cool now, but it's just kind of the first step of what our team wants to do. We don't really want to think about that too much. just want to focus on our next step, which is doing doing well at Nationals. So you've been slowly getting better at Nationals. You were fourth the first time you went third last year. And now I imagine your expectations going into this are gold or bust? Yeah, or a silver just to do one better each year, but we'll see. Yeah, no, uh, just uh, go there and start, like, just play the first game and try to get off to a good start and then go from there and just take it one game at a time. What can you learn from the previous two times you've gone to Nationals and apply that to this upcoming tournament? Uh, I think just like the provincials that we have here, it's a long week. You have to have a pretty short memory even when things aren't going your way and just try to have fun with it and just try to power through. Have you been to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan before? I uh, never heard of it before. Never so heard of it? Uh, first time going there. Uh, yeah. didn't, didn't learn about it in geography, just seeing it on a map before? <laughs> no, I must have missed that day. Okay. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. So I guess what to... Did you learn anything about your team this week with going undefeated, or is this you know just continued impressiveness from your squad? Uh, I don't think I we really learned anything this week. We just uh, this whole year we've been up and down, and I think it just it was nice to go out and prove to ourselves that we can put together a like a long stretch of good games in a row, and that'll give us confidence going to nationals because we're going to have to do the same thing. Who is the province you need to look out for at nationals? I, I think the field is so deep that it's just whoever gets hot that week. But, I mean, you got guys from BC, like Tyler Tardy, who's won it twice in a row in the reigning world champion, or Tanner Horgan from Northern Ontario. He's he's a really good player, so any of those. But it could be anybody by the end of the week. Do you still get to play in the Manitoba Playdowns to try to make the Briar? Uh, no, we tr- we tried to qualify for that this year, but we didn't actually get our spot. So, uh well, the time wouldn't have conflicted, but we just didn't. We're not going to get the chance to this year. Okay, so that's something that's kind of on the future file for you guys. Yeah, that'll, yeah. Is this the last year for the juniors? What's the age cutoff? Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah, this is my last year and our lead Cole Chandler's last year, but our other two guys, Jacques and Jordan, each have another year left. Okay, but if you stick together, then this is it. Uh. Not sure what's going to happen next year. I mean, well, Jordan and Jock will continue to play juniors, but as far as us moving on to men's, I'm not too sure what the plan is yet. Cross that bridge when you get there. Yeah, exactly. All right, JT. Well, congratulations again, and best of luck at uh, Nationals in Prince Albert. Thank you very much. And on the line, we have Mackenzie Zacharias, winner of the Manitoba Junior Women's Curling Championship. Congratulations, Mackenzie. Thank you. So the final, you get an 8-2 win. You steal the first three ends. What was your team's game plan going into that final match without Hammer? Oh, Going into the final match, yeah, not having Hammer was not great, but we just went in there just thinking, like, we can play our best. That's all we can do, and that's that's all we did, and we were able to come up with the victory because of that. Yeah, you played eight ends, and you scored in seven of them. Is that uh, one yeah. of the you know more, most unusual score lines you've seen for your team? Yeah, we definitely weren't expecting that, but I mean, the other skips, she had a hard shot every single end, and I mean, we played fantastic. We couldn't have played better, I don't think, so it was just a great way to like end off our provincial final, and it was enough for the win, which is great. 
So now you get to go to Nationals in Prince Albert. What uh, what are your thoughts? I don't know if it's only been a couple hours, but your thoughts about heading to Saskatchewan for the Nationals? Yeah, I haven't thought about, about it that much yet, but we're all super excited to go. And, I mean, it's a dream come true for all of us. Like, none of us have won this before, so it's going to be a first time at the U21 National, and we're all super excited to gain some experience and hopefully come up with a few wins and make Manitoba proud. So, yeah, this is a first time. Have you talked to people that have been to this before to kind of get some scouting, or is that something that you're going to do over the next couple weeks? Yeah, we're definitely going to talk to some people. We'll talk to the boys' team who's been there quite a few times. And, I mean, me and my sister, we've gone to a few national championships before at the under-18 level, but never at the under-21 level. So it's a little bit of a bigger stage. And we're really excited, yeah, to gain that experience and hopefully play like we did um, today. What was this week like for your team? Was it very high level or were there some ups and downs? There were definitely ups and downs for us. I would say our round robin was definitely not the best we've ever played. We had a few tough games in there, but we had one really hard loss. And I think that's actually what gave us the motivation to play three really great games today and come out on top. So now you head off to to nationals. Is there a certain province you look at as saying that's the one to beat, or are you just kind of going in there with an open mind? Yeah, mostly an open mind. I mean, we faced most of these teams before earlier in the season when we had a tournament in Ottawa. So we know a few of them, friends with a few of them. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I mean, getting to play teams from other provinces is always a great time. And we're really looking forward to that. Do you get to also participate in the Manitoba Scotties or because you won this now, you you can't do both? Yeah, we can't do both. We kind of, we want a qualifier to get to the Scotties and now we had to pick one or the other and we picked nationals over the Scotties. So we'll have to miss out on that this year, but hopefully next year or the year after we'll be able to go again. I guess this is something where this is your last chance to do this and then you'll have hopefully many opportunities down the road to make it to the Scotties. Yeah, exactly. We actually, as a team, we have one more year left in junior, so hopefully we can do the same next year. But yeah, we have lots of time for lots of time for the Scotties. So, yeah. So, what does the next uh, little bit look like before you head to Prince Albert? What do you have to do to prepare? Oh, well, we only got about two weeks to prepare, so we got a lot of stuff to do. Um, we got to do some fundraising, and we got to get a whole lot of stuff together. Some team manitoba swag and stuff like that we got to get it all ready and set so that way we can leave on a plane in like two weeks saw the photo that uh, your team tweeted out you all have the manitoba jackets on what was that feeling like putting on those coats yeah i mean it's pretty incredible i've had the privilege of having the manitoba jacket before but it's been a little while and it's it was a great feeling it never gets old that's for sure all it's right, just Mc- fantastic like it's indescribable yeah and hopefully maybe there'll be a red and white one down the road in a couple weeks that would be definitely a dream come true that'd be amazing all right Mackenzie congratulations again and uh, best of luck at nationals in Prince Albert in a couple weeks thank you very much check out the CJOB sports show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the sports show podcast not available on iTunes not available on Google podcasts not available anywhere you get your favorite podcast yes